I don't know about a bigger boat, but I think we're going to need a bigger medical room at the West Coast <laughs> Eagles because the injury list there is piling up. It hit 15 uh, yesterday officially, and that doesn't count. Shannon Hearn, of course, was rested from last week. This is Duff's Deep Dive. Live your own way in the Isuzu D-Max. You live your own way in the Isuzu MUX. And uh, Paul Heath is with me in the studio. Heather, it's just... Uh, one injury after another at West Coast. We're getting back to critical mass once again, aren't we? Um, we're hearing a lot of like last year's different to this year, but the numbers very similar. So they're right in in that it is different in that they got through preseason with very few injuries, which means all of these guys have a good summer's work into them. So I think that is a key uh, distinction to draw. Um, I did a piece for Code Sports yesterday, which basically tried to pick through it all and work out which of these injuries are unavoidable and which maybe might come down to the club's decision-making and and management. And I think you do come to the conclusion that about two-thirds of these injuries are unavoidable. Um, Campbell Chesser, um, he's done a knee. He's out for some time. Um, He had an opponent fall across his knee in the Round 3 Western Derby, resulting in a knee ligament strain. He's still a TBC, to be confirmed, on their injury list. Um, And I guess the the concern with Campbell is not how it was caused because it was just a genuine footy accident, but how much footy he's missed in the last three seasons. Jamie Cripps had his ankle broken. Alex Pierce fell on his ankle in the Derby. He'll struggle to play again this year. He's about to turn 31. The issue with him, of course, he's 31 coming off a broken ankle. Uh, what does that mean? He's a running player. He's the best runner at the club. Um, will he be able to replicate that or will it affect that? Because if it affects that, it affects his viability. Harry Edwards, again, unavoidable ankle and wrist. So first of all, he hurt his ankle when he was about to come into the team. Then he hurt his wrist last week when he probably would have played against Geelong at the weekend. Um, They're both impact injuries. Not a lot you can do about that, but they certainly could have used him as backup for Bailey Williams. Elijah Hewitt, he rolls his pretty much in the opening seconds of the, uh, the waffle clash last weekend. Um, one thing I would know, I would want to know, is that a lot of players don't strap their ankles now, Hater. What's that about? <clears throat> it's about choice, mm. I think. The clubs sometimes let them have a bit of leeway on this. Um, okay. Do you want to? Do you not want to? There, there was also a school of thought going around a, a, a little while ago um, about whether having more stability in the ankle might leave you more prone to a serious knee injury. Right. If something's got to give, if the body moves awkwardly over the leg... If something's got to give, it might be better being the ankle rather than the knee. Yeah, well, the knee, yeah, it sometimes doesn't come back at all and can be the longer um, layoff as well. The lesser of two evils, yeah. if you like. Yeah, <laughs> massively so. But also, sometimes it, it is a different feeling to have your ankle strapped, particularly when you get the full thing with the stirrups and uh, and all that sort of thing that they sometimes get. And, and sometimes it can give you a different sensation when you're trying to turn corners and trying to kick the ball. And, and some players just don't ever feel completely comfortable with it. So, yeah, I'd, be, I'd like to know whether Elijah has his strapped. I don't know. Callum Jamison, of course, also had an ankle. They're hoping 
he gets up for this week, um, but I would say unavoidable. Liam Ryan, this is an interesting one because you can't argue it's avoidable. Don't stand on people's heads and then come tumbling off the top of the pack. Tried to take a screamer in the derby. And the interesting thing is what he did. It's like because he landed awkwardly and the leg flicked up over his back, he he did a hamstring tendon, um, which is a fascinating way to do a hamstring tendon, but I I don't think avoidable. Dom Sheed, well, yeah, technically avoidable because you don't want players running around knocking each other in the throat during training warm-up drills, but... um, not, you know, not the club's fault. It's an impact injury. Um, and Jack Williams, we didn't see this. It was an innocuous bump at training during mm. a closed session and ended up in hospital with a lacerated spleen. Isaiah Winder, don't know a lot about this one, but it's a knee, which usually means awkward movement or a bad fall um, and usually impact. And Bailey Williams, this is an interesting one, Heater, because I reckon... Soft tissue, so let, let's say, I mean, at the moment he's sore and he's a test for this weekend, but let's say it's a hamstring. I mean, when you've got a sore hamstring, the chances are it's going to be a hamstring. Mm. Um, is this a club management thing? How could he have been managed differently? He's been the only ruckman for four weeks now. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what could they have done differently to protect <laughs> Bailey Williams from overload? When he goes off the ball, Jake Waterman goes on the ball. Mm. Um, and Jake Waterman's having a great season, but you don't want Jake Waterman rucking for any longer than you have to. Harry Barnett had a um, arrived at the club with an ankle problem, yep. which means he's had a completely interrupted pre-season, which means he just doesn't have the minutes in him yet to be able to step up and play AFL footy. Not that you want a first-year ruckman to be playing much AFL footy anyway. Yeah. So, so I, I get the feeling that a lot of this is unavoidable. I think what the club probably should be asking themselves is, should we have signed Nick Natnui for two years? Mm. Maybe that should have been a year. Not that that affects their current crisis, but it, it may enable list management at the end of the season to be a bit easier. Yep. Shannon Hearn's an interesting one because he's played four of the five games but had to be rested for the fifth when they really could have done with him playing. And clearly he's now a management issue for them and, mm. and that will have to um, continue as he goes forward. Luke Shuey... Hamstrings, he's got another one now. Um, you know, he's had them all through the last three seasons, really. It would have been a brutal call to say you're captain one year and you're not on the list the next. Yeah. Um, and it's tough because he his form was good. So in a way he got his body right, but it's broken down on him again. Yeah, and I think he went flat out, didn't he? The yeah. first quarter of the Western Derby, that was Luke Shuey of three or four years ago. Emptied the tank. Yep. And and we saw what happened. So should he have been, you know, should he have been one of the players they should have looked at and scrutinised as far as a spot on the list? It's a good question. Maybe another question is, should they have cut Jack Redden? Because Jack Redden is durable. Yeah. Has always been durable. That's the first word that comes to mind when you think of Jack Redden, who's durable. <laughs> so he would have been a senior body and he would have been out there. So that might have helped them put that experience they they want to have around their younger players. And I think durability is their key issue with their older players. Mm. Is, um, you know, Jeremy McGovern was fitter than he'd ever been at the start of 2022 and got injured. Uh, was fitter again at the start of 2023 and now is injured again. Elliot Yo is injured again. And these guys are suffering related problems to the ones they've always had. So it's a difficult one for the club. I think uh, most of these are unavoidable. There may be a, there may have been a couple of list management decisions mm. where they zigged when they could have zagged and maybe uh, alleviated their issues slightly. It takes courage to make those calls though, doesn't it? And uh, look, that's a massive call. Like yeah. you go back, 
to the end of last year, if you tap Luke Shuey, for instance, on the shoulder and you say, we think he should go yeah. after he's played 17 games mm. and he's the captain of the club, mm. that's that's a big call. Yeah. But I think what I would have done, I, what I definitely would have done if I was them, is that I would have offered Nick Natanui one year, mm. not two years. That it was a gamble with what we've seen the pre- previous couple of years to go, okay, we know that there's another two years in this body um, playing at the level that we think we can get. What, what was the output that they'd have? Like a 60% ruck time or game time for Nick? Um, and he played eight games yeah. last year. So this injury malaise that is afflicting him again now, I mean, he would be... He would have to play... Let's assume he resumes at the mid-season break, mm. which is when Adam Simpson is predicting he might resume. He's probably going to have to play pretty much every game from then on in to get past eight games this year. So, And then you've got a, a 33-year-old Ruckman, because he's about to turn 33, mm. with uh, chronic Achilles issues. He's got two bad knees, because the knee problem that afflicted him last year was his good knee. Yeah. So therefore he's got, you know... There's That's one, what we want to hear. He's got a couple of knee recos, and, and it was the good knee that played up last year. Mm. Bad Achilles. Um, he's Fijian, which means that, you know, those guys, they're... They're big blokes, yep. and they get bigger as they get older. Yeah, um, it's like that line from Pulp Fiction, <laughs> talking about the Samoan. You know, well, yeah. what's he going to do? Yeah, Rocky Horror. You know, what's he going to do? He's Samoan. <laughs> the brother's Samoan. Is there any concern with there being nine TV season three tests on you know such a long injury list? Um, with it hard to be, you know, to sort of predict a point where you could have the, yeah, the, the majority of these players back. Um, is that a communication thing? Because I know that that's usually what gets well what irritates the fans a lot. Um, when the Dockers moved on from Jason Webber, that was most of the concern is that everyone was listed as TBC week after week and you didn't really have a good idea of when they w- would be back. I think the problem with that is, let's say, <clears throat> if they don't genuinely know, if they genuinely don't know, mm. then you have to put TBC. Because otherwise you get in the situation, Adam Simpson spoke about this a couple of weeks ago with Nick Natanui. Yep. He was getting asked a question of, will Nick play this week? Mm. Every week. Every, every single week. And they just got sick of it. Yep. And and so they said, okay, we think it's going to be around the mid-season break. Probably what they could do is put a, um, a pessimistic view on it. And then if it's better, if they... If they come good quicker than you expect, then you know you bring it in rapidly in the last two or three weeks before the guy starts playing. I think, yeah, it's it's frustrating when you see TBC. Well, every time I see TBC, I think serious and long term. Yeah, that's what I think. Not anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, just on the injury crisis, uh, all those in favour of calling it a crisis. Um, the Waffle team will play this weekend after some doubts about them uh, turning out versus Extra Man. Gav Bell said he didn't know anything about it yesterday, and uh, that sort of uh, turned out to be true that they will turn out this weekend. So, to draw the distinction between this year and last year, and the club has been very keen to do this. Last year, they literally couldn't field a team. Mm. This year, they do have the reinforcements. And these players will be top-up players. They'll be waffle players, um, or amateur players, and um, you know players that they bought in to top up their squad with. Um, I think, yeah, I, it would take something much more to get them postponing a game. But what I would say is, I do think there's a meeting tonight. The waffle clubs, the two AFL clubs, the West Australian Football Commission, they need to have a serious conversation about what sort of recruiting concessions mm. West Coast are allowed to have. 
and they need to have that conversation sooner rather than later. Otherwise, this will not work because there will be injuries at West Coast every year. Mm. Not this many, but there will be injuries at West Coast every year, and those injuries will affect both their AFL players and their Waffle players, and so they're going to get skinny very quickly unless they're given more recruiting concessions or unless they come up with a different model, which is what I spoke about yesterday with the potential for Bunbury. I I think Bunbury's got a lot of potential and I think they uh, should have a serious look at it. We'll Uh, take a break. Bunbury needs like a Melanaskis type down there to be spruiking them to uh, get this happening. Get (laughs) Peter Melanaskis to Bunbury now or the AFL broadcasters because didn't they put some licorice and mayonnaise on Gather Round on the weekend. (laughs) All right, we'll take some news. We'll be back with more of the show after the news.